Welcome to another episode of Awaken the Kingdom Within. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Awaken the Kingdom Within. We have been taking a journey with some of my close friends and individuals who have been on a wellness journey, mental wellness, um, physical wellness, and the the trifecta is spiritual wellness. We we believe my colleagues and I um, that they all go together. You can't separate one from the other. In order for us to be healthy and whole, it needs to be on this triune level. And I haven't had a chance to weigh in on some of the frameworks that we're going to be talking about. Uh, related to spiritual wellness. And I wanted to do a little bit of that introduction today. I hope that um, those of you that may not be from a spiritual background or a religious background might take a moment just to see if what we talk about uh, during our spiritual wellness talks, uh, if it doesn't resonate with you. I sure hope it does because uh, I believe we're all spiritual beings. And that we don't um, evolve and become spiritual. We awaken and recognize that um, our essence, our our core created being uh, is an eternal being. And it's because our creator uh, is an eternal creator. When we have that mindset, it stretches us beyond the temporary benchmarks that normally life presents to us, which is birth, you live a reasonably good life, whatever that is, and you die. Spirituality allows us to place life and purpose outside of the confines of where we could envision um, before we were born and when I'm no longer in this realm, present here. So we're going to get into those topics at some point during our discussion of spiritual wellness. But today, I just wanted to start off with a real simple principle for our discussion. And that's found in uh, the book of Luke, uh, chapter 11. And most people from a Christian background, which I am, know this is the Lord's Prayer. Um, we pray it, we learn it when we're children. It is the core lesson that Jesus taught to us. And the Lord's Prayer reads in newer versions somewhat like this. Um, Luke chapter 11. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And there are enhancements, of course, over time. Um, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord's Prayer. 
I believe it is a key to unlock the awakening of spirituality. Uh, I am an author of a book entitled Seven Keys to Awaken the Kingdom Within. And one of the keys in this book that uh, I wrote is the Lord's Prayer and the discussion of why it is so unveiling. The key that I want to introduce during our discussion today is this principle. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What I believe I'm here on this planet to unlock is this connection between the kingdom and the earth, the the presentness. What I'm here to unlock in your thoughts, in your consciousness, is the reality of the kingdom. That it's not something strange. It's not something that we have to wait to die to encounter. Uh, as Luke writes for us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I am a believer that the core absence in the life of humanity is an understanding of spirituality. Uh, and as a result, we're trapped in time. We're trapped in the temporary. Um, when you're trapped in the temporary, you recycle. Um, what was done in the past becomes done in the present. The, the separation of time makes someone think it's new, but it's really not new. And that is uh, what one of the the wise writers of the Bible tells us, um, that there's nothing new under the sun. The, the, the old seems old until it's far enough away from its origin, then it seems new again. That's what happens when we're trapped in a cycle of, of earth-mindedness, temporary thinking. We begin to master within a lifetime instead of mastering over generations. We began to think of um, how much can I accomplish today instead of what am I here to contribute so that it goes on uh, tomorrow. When you have an eternal mindset, you don't, you realize I, I have more than enough time because what I've been given to do and who I've come to be is to ignite something that goes on long after I'm gone. That's the Christian principle. Uh, Jesus impacted a group of people who continue to impact a group of people. Jesus's life continues to impact us today. Um, it's fascinating, though, this parallel when we're talking about spiritual health. Um, some aspects of spirituality today are not healthy. So there's a a need for us to begin to speak and to share. And I'm just giving my two cents on what is spiritual health. Um, it is interesting when a discussion of spiritual health and spirituality becomes relegated to time. Then we have a temporary discussion about something I believe is eternal. And it's also, that might have been Sigmund Freud, 
Um, I'll have to talk to Dr. Brown about that. But it is also internal. Internal is the key. That is what I believe we're missing. We're missing the fact that this thy kingdom come, the distinction between temporary and eternal, between today and everlasting is housed within people, within each one of us. Um, what sparked this in my mind was uh, a very dear friend of our family uh, transitioned. And I love the way her family shared it, that she became part of the ancient. She became part of the ancestors. And I love that. I will use that in the future. That um, Because we don't believe life is, is just here in time and then gone forever. We don't believe that. I mean, Christians in their core cannot believe that. But that's also a theological discussion for another day. Um, but that discussion prompted in my mind, um, that discussion prompted in my mind uh, this, this understanding of spirituality and how connected this awakening is to, to grief. The, the understanding, the awakening that there's such sadness and grief that we have to tap into this inner kingdom that helps us to make life valuable beyond this temporary time span. It seems long until you start living it. And once you start living it, you realize life is very short. When we begin to look around us, um, love and grief, uh, they travel so tightly together that I believe in the core of sadness, there is an opportunity to awaken the kingdom. When I come back, I want to talk about that, that journey of extreme sadness and yet incredible awakening. And I'm going to share with you um, some authors and their writing to help us understand how during this time of pandemic, when there is so much just devastation in the world, just sickness, death, um, heartbreak and grief, that we're really traveling parallel, united with the ability to have an incredibly profound spiritual awakening. I'll be right back. Thanks for staying with me in this discussion today or introduction today of, of uh, spiritual wellness. Uh, I, when I left, I was talking about this parallel between sadness and grief and loss and the awakening of the kingdom. Um, we're living in such a unique time that you have to really be resonant. You have to be present with yourself and you have to understand we all do not just you we all have to understand how important it is that we are consuming spiritually what we need to grow 
It is the same mentally. It is the same physically. You do become what you eat. Spiritually, you become what you believe. And oftentimes in spirituality, we are victims of what we truly believe, but we deny it. So this journey of belief and spiritual awakening at its core is really what do we believe and to hold on to that. Um, There is a book that I encourage everyone to read. It's written by Dr. Edith Egger and it's called The Choice. One of the generations that I went to in trying to understand how does one move forward after devastation and grief is found in looking at individuals who survived the Holocaust. Um, It was such unbelievable distress that I'm unable to frame it. Suffering, death, just the the lack of humanity, the, the genocide. How does a survivor pull themselves from that and continue to go forward as they did? And she writes in her book, The Choice, some really incredible statements. Um, a lot of them were referring to individuals who impacted her life on her journey. One of them was, she references, is um, Martin Seligman, and I apologize if I mispronounced um, his name, but he writes, she references him and, and, and writes this in her book. When we believe that nothing we do can alleviate our suffering or improve our lives, we stop taking action on our own behalf because we believe there is no point. I think that is powerful. And the response to that she gives comes from another experience that she references by Dr. Albert Ellis. And she writes, Dr. Ellis guided her to the core belief underlying her dating encounters, the irrational belief that without realizing it, excuse me, she kept repeating to herself over and over until she became convinced of its truth. I'm never going to be happy. And then she realized she wasn't telling, she was not only telling herself, oops, I did it again. I was stiff and uninviting. She was also reverting to her core belief that she could never achieve happiness. So there was no point trying. Dr. Edgar references in her book that one of the components that impacted her belief in herself was a core belief. And I believe that. I believe what we revert to is a core belief. We have to know inside what we believe at our core what truly motivates us what truly guides us um we have to believe in our core that it is worth moving forward that there is something within us that is worth surviving um i heard diane von thurstenberg on finding your roots make a statement again something that stayed with me um this belief system that she had. Her mother was a Holocaust survivor. And 
basically saying is the person who survived has within them a dynasty. And that was the core belief. That's what I believe we gain in having spiritual awakening is that within us are generations yet to come that we're entrusted with, that we're, we're responsible for. And our survival means that they will be able to reflect on attributes of themselves that they need in order for them to survive. And there are hundreds, maybe even thousands of generations yet to come. Another individual I want to leave with you today is St. Isaac the Syrian. He writes his purpose, Christ's purpose, is to assure us that there exists hidden within each one of us, a secret treasure house, an inner kingdom that is amazing in its depth and variety. It is a place of wonder and joy, a place of glory, a place of encounter and dialogue. If only we will dive into ourself, then we shall each discover eternity within our own heart. Jacob's ladder starts from the point where I am at this very moment. The gate of heaven is everywhere. And this inner kingdom present within me here and now is at the same time the kingdom of the age to come. I believe I'm going to leave you with that. When we awaken that inner kingdom, thy kingdom come becomes my conduit of releasing it into this world. And can you imagine the social, physical, mental change that will happen in the world where we realize that heaven is not just a destination somewhere out there that hopefully I live and I'm transported to, but it is a treasure sealed within me that I release to the world and I ignite in the hearts of others. Until next time, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. what we talked about today resonated with you, then I invite you to read Seven Keys to Awaken the Kingdom of Heaven Within. The book I wrote is designed to take you on a journey of self-discovery and spiritual renewal. It comes together with a journal and it's available exclusively at CherylNaomiDavis.com.